Hey folks, I'm so glad that just to be here tonight and to see you all, uh, to see really so many folks that I know and love and some folks that I don't know and so I'm so glad to see you as well. If I don't know you, my name is Joe Gibbs, I'm one of the canons here and I've spent uh, a lot of time in Trustville lately in the last, uh, not quite a year, as an interim rector of a church, sort of on loan from the Advent, um, getting, a, uh, getting them uh, sort of up and running again, uh, but, but this is my home base, and it is so good, and I spent a lot of time at the 5 o'clock before uh, that, and, and just really uh, have missed you, so I'm glad to, glad to be here. Well, thank you. Uh, have you ever been tasked with something that you thought you just probably weren't going to be able to handle? Like they said, all right, this is your job, and you said, I'm not going to be able to do that. I mean, yes, sir, but... Um, so, I don't know if you watch, we watch, um, my family watched a lot of this show called American Ninja Warrior. Do you, do you watch, you know what this is? It's like an obstacle course, and it is so tough. And, uh, and, and the, like, so the, these incredible athletes, like, what, they, they'll do these bios, and they'll show them, you know, doing flips. And there's this one guy who does, he, he literally does push-ups without his feet touching the ground. It was, it was amazing, and it makes me feel so weak. But I, um... I, uh, my kids are always saying, Dad, you should try out for American Ninja Warrior. And I promise you that if that was in front of me, that I would not uh, get to the, uh, past the first obstacle. And, um, and yet, even for those inc- these incredible athletes, the probability of them reaching the end of the course is almost nil. And in fact, in six seasons of the show, hundreds and hundreds of athletes for, uh, have gone through this course, and not a single one has even made it to the final obstacle. Uh, and, and in Japan, where the whole thing started, only three out of thousands and thousands, uh, only three have made it to the top. So the, pr- the problem uh, before them is they're just not going to do it, even though they're incredible. It's not, it's not just agility and strength and it's mental focus, and there's just, it's an amazing thing. And, and I think that life, a lot, of time, I mean, a lot of times I reflect on this, and I, I'm like, kids, no, this is a lot like life. I'm like, Dad, be quiet. But um, <laughs> Caroline says, stop making connections. But, um, but life is like that a lot. There's, I mean, it's full of obstacles. Uh, certainly family uh, is like that. Uh, we, and we just, you know, we have to get up. In American Ninja Warrior, if you fall down, you have to wait all, for a whole year before you can start over and, and try again. In family, you don't have that luxury, right? You can't wait for a year. Sometimes we like to take a year off. But, um, but you can't. You have to get up and you have to take on the next obstacle as it comes, right? Um, uh, your career. Uh, is like that. You know, a lot of it's just obstacle after obstacle, and we have to face these things. Social status, you know, if, if, if you're into that, that's, uh, or if that's important for, for your job or your vocation or whatever it is, um, that, that's, there's a lot of obstacles, a lot of pitfalls, and so always changing, uh, right? And faith, faith can feel like a series of tests, obstacles. I mean, like, you know, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't know. If I, I mean, I guess I, he, I can if he strengthens me, but, but man, it's, life is hard. Life, life is really hard. Well, I commend to you uh, Andrew's sermon from this morning. Uh, if you did not hear it on uh, the Gospel of John, but I want us to focus on Ephesians. And, um, and if you were here last week in the 5 o'clock, um, then uh, you heard Deborah preach a, a really great uh, sermon on uh, on a lot of the imperatives that, that Paul was speaking in, in chapter 4. A lot of things that we are to do as Christians. And, and so we get uh, now, really, as we begin this um, lesson in chapter 5, to the Mount Midoriyama, 
the, the, uh, the American Ninja Warrior final obstacle of imp biblical imperatives. Like, be imitators of God. Right? This is WWJD on steroids. Be imitators uh, of God. Uh, of all of the biblical imperatives, uh, this has to be, uh, well, perhaps, I mean, it's right there, Jesus said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Um, you know, so as, as Deborah said, you know, put away falsehood. Uh, don't sin when you get angry. Uh, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. I mean, you can take each one of those and spend months and months, years on, on those things. But Paul boils it all down. Be imitators of God. Reflect the character of God in thought, word, and deed. Well, I mean, he might as well say to me, I, I feel like sometimes if I'm just doing this on my own, he might as well say to me, go lift weights like the Incredible Hulk. I mean, you know, like go, go climb Mount Midoriyama and American Ninja Warrior. Uh, be imitators of God. And, and, uh, and yet, actually, as we, as we read into this passage, Paul tells us the means by which we move towards being imitators of God and the result of being an imitator of God. What, what being an imitator produces in us. So, so the means by which we move towards being an imitator of God and what that being an imitator of God produces in us. So let's start with how we move uh, towards imitating God. It's in the very next phrase. As beloved children. He doesn't say, be imitators of God uh, on your own. And it's not as... As unworthy sinners, be imitators of God. Or not as law-abiding citizens, be imitators of God. Not uh, as hired hands, be imitators of God. Uh, but there is a uh, f necessary familial intimacy as beloved children. Not just as children, but as beloved children. You're the object of His affection. You know, there's no or else. Be imitators of God or else. It's rooted in all the grace that Paul has already been talking about. If you, if you think about it, I mean, Ephesians was writ, meant, written to be read in one sitting. So, so as the first people who heard it, they would have already heard all that had been said about what God has done for us. Don't be imitators of God. It's not be imitators of God or else, but be imitators of God confident in the love that God uh, has given to you as His child. Well, how can you be confident in that? Well, we look at the cross where God Himself put skin on and His incarnation came and lived the life that we should have lived and lost everything willingly. Can you understand that God who is immutable, that is who cannot be affected by uh, suffering because He is infinitely good and cannot be uh, affected by sin, that He actually took sin on Himself and the one who could not die died on your behalf so that you wouldn't have to. How can you trust that? Because He is worthy. Because He is God. So God, who could not die, died so that you, who must die, could live. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And so we take that and think, well, he, I who was not uh, rightly His child, because uh, estranged by sin, that He has made me His child, not not. To, you know, as a hired hand, like I said, not, not, to, not to you know, just add to his labor force, right? 
but because he loved us, because he longed for reconciliation. That's the glory of God, longing for reconciliation. This looks, uh, so be imitators of God because of this, because you are a beloved child. This looks a lot more like um, my son Luke sitting on my lap while I read him a story than it does a scholar looking at the law of Moses and figuring it out. Um, in fact, I want to... Um, I want to play you a video. It's on my phone, so I can't show you the video. But I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna like play it. My, so my son Luke is um, who cannot read or write letters and numbers. Totally boring, right? He's four years old. Completely boring. And uh, but he did actually wrote out a story, and he um, and it, it's just and he just you know it's just scribbles. But it's, he followed the lines and it's just scribbles, and he's reading it. Uh, and I just want you. And it doesn't all it doesn't all make sense. But uh, but you still see if it'll pick up on the on the uh, microphone. This is our teach. This is our savior to our writing of this day. This is our savior to be our teach. This touch two. This is our BTL. The B listen to God. Touch three. We are B our savior. For Lord, we are T E L for the Lord. I don't know what that means. We are T E L for the Lord. So, uh, yeah, we are T E L for the Lord. But so, so Luke is just is just reading out. He's just he's just writing out and reading out what he has in his mind about what he has heard. I mean, this doesn't happen through instruction. Like, I didn't sit them down and say, we're T-E-L for the Lord, right? We didn't, I don't know what that means. But, um, but he, it's, just, it's just time spent together, life lived together. I'm, I'm chasing him around the house. I'm tickling him. I'm, um, I'm uh, reading to him. I'm disciplining him. I am uh, correcting him. I'm feeding him. I'm uh, yelling at him and apologizing to him. It's just life lived together. And he picks it up through osmosis. He picks up the message because he trusts the heart of his father. And so as we... I mean, he's still a rascal. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's, not, he's no perfect child by any means. Um, he did say... He said, Dad, I want to be a priest. He did say that. But actually what he said was, um, Dad, I want, when I grow up, I want to be Batman, and then an engineer, and then a priest. So... Um, so, but, you know, in the same way, we spend, uh, we spend time with our Father as beloved children. We spend time uh, with the God who uh, loves us, who loved us first. We love Him because He first loved us. And so, how do we, be, how do we become, how do we move towards being imitators of God? We spend time as beloved children. You know, Luke doesn't spend time with me because he has to. And I don't spend time with him because I have to. Uh, it's more my responsibility than his. But we love each other. We want to spend time uh, together. So what does uh, this imitation produce in us? Well, real quick, just three things that Paul, uh, and I, I'm sure we could pick out more things, but as you look at the pastor of Ephesians, imitation produces wisdom. Imitation produces obedience. And imitation produces deep relationships. Okay, so let's look at those. Imitation produces wisdom. Paul says, walk not as unwise, but as wise. So wisdom, let me think about what is a good definition of wisdom. Wisdom is uh, the correct application of knowledge. 
That's, I mean, that's really, if you think about what you know and then how it's rightly applied to your life so that your life turns out better than it would have had you not applied, that's, that's wisdom. And wisdom almost always comes from experience. But you and I as Christians, we know the fountain of all wisdom personally because we're spending time with Him, because we love Him and we are His beloved children. And so we actually know the fountain of all wisdom. Uh, and uh, it says in James, the, the epistle of James, oh, I messed up my, but this is what it says. I, I um, bound it. I can't, I can't get to it. But anyway, so James says, uh, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask. That's pretty awesome. Now, you're going to, so who's going to give it to you? I mean, that's what it sees, the scripture goes on to say that God wants you to have wisdom. Well, how, where do you have wisdom? How do you ask him? In prayer, certainly. But, but you need to make sure that what you hear back isn't just the pizza that you ate last night, but actually is also is, uh, governed according to Scripture. And so we spend a lot of time with Him in Scripture. I mean, there's a whole section of the Old Testament called wisdom. You know, read Proverbs. Read the Psalms. Read the Song of Solomon. Read Job. And then as you live your life prayerfully and reflectively as a beloved child, and you go through great times and hard times, you will have incredible wisdom. You will not say, oh, look, I'm gaining in wisdom. You will look back on your life and think, wow, I've been through a lot. And you will have wisdom in retrospect. Um, but pray, read the Scripture, uh, seek godly counsel. Uh, imitation produces wisdom. Imitation produces obedience. And I get this where he says, don't get drunk uh, on wine, but um, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, so it's not just about being drunk, but but we want to do what the Lord wants us to do rather than what we want to do. Why? Because we're spending time with Him. Because we're gaining wisdom. We are His beloved children. We love because He first loved us. If we grow in the knowledge and love of the Lord, then we are going to grow uh, in our love for what He loves. And so we want to honor Him. Um, You know, you kind of begin, take this the way I mean it, we kind of begin to smell like Jesus. And then when something doesn't, uh, you know, we're, actually Paul says we're the aroma of Christ, right? But, and then, but as you gain in wisdom and you, you can kind of s- sniff something out, that doesn't smell right. You know, like when somebody's saying, well, this is what uh, God wants us to do, but I, I don't know. It makes me, why? I, that doesn't smell right. You know, because you, you are, you, I want to do what God wants me to do, and I'm going to have to go back to Scripture and, and, and see if that lines up. So, um, imitation produces obedience, and we obey as beloved children. It gets a little squirrely, a little sketchy for a grace church. It's not about what you do, it's what God's done for you. This is drenched in grace. Remember, Paul's already in Ephesians, talked about what God has done for us. You're not to obey in order to gain favor with God. You, you have all the favor you could stand because you wear the righteousness of Christ, right? If your faith is in Him. If it's not in Him, then we want to talk about that. But if your faith is in Christ, then... You begin, we want to honor God for what He has done for us. We're as beloved children. So I want my kids to obey me, and sometimes they do it just because they have to, and if they don't, they're going to get in trouble. But the best obedience, right, is when they do it because they love you, when they honor you. So rather than paying off God with our good works, we want to honor Him with our good works because He's already given us that favor. And so imitation produces wisdom, and imitation produces Obedience, and finally, imitation produces deep relationships. See what Paul says? You're addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You're submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
I mean, there's hardly anything more beautiful than a relationship that is built on mutual submission, whether it's a marriage or a family uh, sibling relationship or even a parent-child relationship or a friendship. I mean, have you noticed that your, your Christian friendships, they just endure. They're just deeper. They're just more um, sweet than your friend. You might have real friendships with non-Christian people, but, they, but they, I don't know. For me, anyway, there's just something more uh, sweet about those that we share Christ. Um, Paul says in Philippians, look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. In humility, consider others better than yourselves. This mutual submission, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And when you have two people who are, can, are looking not after their own interests, but also after the interests of others, two people who in humility are considering one another better than themselves, what you have is a beautiful, Christ-like, deep, mutual uh, uh, friendship that's built on mutual faith, and it begins to reflect Trinitarian love. You ever notice that about the Father always is lifting up the Son and the Spirit? The Son is always pointing to the Father in the power of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always pointing uh, to the glory of God in the, um, as He's given us Himself in Christ. The Trinity, each member of the Trinity is never drawing attention to themselves, but always lifting up uh, the others, submitting to one another. And so out of reverence for Christ, who actually submitted him, His own life to us, out of reverence for Him, we submit to one another. So Jesus died for you because He loves you. And Jesus forgives you because He paid it all Himself because He loves you. Jesus loves you when you don't deserve it. You're His beloved child. And Jesus made you God's beloved child when you were estranged from Him by sin. Therefore, friends, be imitators of God as beloved children. Amen.